Chapter Seventeen, Part Two of Children of the Ghetto by Israel Zangwill. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Adrian Pretzelis. Chapter Seventeen: The Hope of the Family, Part Two. What have you got hold of? Replied Benjamin when she returned. Oh, nothing. It wouldn't interest you. All books interest me announced Benjamin with dignity. Esther reluctantly gave him the book. He turned over the pages carelessly. Then his face grew serious and astonished. "'Esther,' he said, "'how did you come by this?' Oh, "'One of the girls gave it to me in exchange for a stick of slate-pencil. She says she got it from the missionaries. She went to their night school for a lark, and they gave it to her and a pair of boots as well. "'And have you been reading it?' "'Yes, Benji,' said Esther meekly. "'You naughty girl! Don't you know the New Testament is a wicked book? Look here, there's the word Christ on nearly every page, and the word Jesus on every other, and you haven't even scratched them out. Oh, if anyone was to catch you reading this book—' "'I don't read it in school hours.' said the little girl, deprecatingly. "'But you've no business to read it at all.' "'Why not?' she said doggedly. "'I like it. It seems just as interesting as the Old Testament, and there are more miracles to the page.' "'You wicked girl!' said her brother, overwhelmed by her audacity. "'Surely you know that all these miracles were false.' "'Why were they false?' persisted Esther because miracles left off after the Old Testament. There are no miracles nowadays, are there?" "'No,' admitted Esther. "'Well, then,' he said triumphantly, "'if miracles had gone on overlapping into New Testament times, we might as well expect to have them now.' "'But why shouldn't we have them now?' "'Esther, I'm surprised at you. I should like to set old four-eyes on you. He'd soon tell you why. Religion all happened in the past. God couldn't always be talking to his creatures. I wish I'd lived in the past, when religion was happening," said Esther ruefully. But why do Christians all reverence this book? I'm sure there are many more millions of them than of Jews. Of course there are, Esther. Good things are always scarce. We are so few because we are God's chosen people. But why do I feel good when I read what Jesus said?" "'Because you're so bad,' he answered in a shocked tone. "'Here, give me the book. I'll burn it.' "'No, no,' said Esther. "'Besides, there's no fire.' "'No. Hang it,' he said, rubbing his hands. "'Well, it'll never do to have you fall back on this sort of thing. I tell you what I'll do. I'll send you our own." "'Oh, will you, Benji? That is so good of you,' she said joyfully, and was kissing him when Solomon and Isaac came romping in and woke up the grandmother. "'How are you, Solomon?' said Benjamin. "'How are you, my little man?' he added, patting Isaac on his curly head. Solomon was overawed for a moment. Then he said, Hello, Benji. Have you got any spare buttons?" 
but Isaac was utterly ignorant who the stranger could be, and hung back with his finger in his mouth. "'That's you brother Benjamin, Ikey,' said Solomon. "'Don't want no more brothers,' said Ikey. "'But I was here before you,' said Benjamin, laughing. "'Does your birthday come before mine, then?' "'Yes, if I remember.' Isaac looked tauntingly at the door. See, he cried to the absent Sarah. Then, turning graciously to Benjamin, he said, I shan't kiss you, but I'll let you in my new bed. But you must kiss him, said Esther, and saw that he did it before she left the room to fetch little Sarah from Mrs. Simmons. When she came back, Solomon was letting Benjamin inspect his Plevna peep show without charge and Moses Ansell was back too. His eyes were red with weeping, but that was on account of the Maggid. His nose was blue with the chill of the cemetery. "'He was a great man,' he was saying to the grandmother. "'He would lecture for four hours together on any text, and he would always manage to get back to the text before the end such exegesics such homiletics he was greater than the emperor of russia vay vay echoed the grandmother if women were allowed to go to funerals i would gladly have followed him why did he come to england in poland he would still have been alive and why did i come to england vay 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 her head dropped back on the pillow, and her sighs passed gently into snores. Moses turned again to his eldest-born, feeling that he was secondary in importance only to the Maggid, and proud at heart of his genteel English appearance. "'Well, you'll soon be my mitzvah, Benjamin,' he said with clumsy gentility, blent with respect as he patted his boy's cheeks with his discoloured fingers. Benjamin caught the last two words and nodded his head. "'And then you'll be coming back to us. I suppose they will apprentice you to something?' "'What does he say, Esther?' asked Benjamin impatiently. Esther interpreted. "'Apprentice me to something?' he repeated, disgusted. "'Father's ideas are so beastly humble.' He would like everybody to dance on him. Why, he'd be content to see me a cigar-maker or a presser. Tell him I'm not coming home, that I'm going to win a scholarship, and to go to the university." Moses' eyes dilated with pride. "'Ah, you will become a Rav,' he said, and lifted up his boy's chin, and looked lovingly into the handsome face. "'What's that about a Rav, Esther?' said Benjamin. Does he want me to become a rabbi? Ugh! Tell him I'm going to write books. A blessed boy! A good commentary on the Song of Songs is much better. Perhaps you will begin by writing that. Oh, it's no good talking to him, Esther. Let him be. Why can't he speak English? Oh, he can. But you'd understand even less said Esther, with a sad smile. "'Well, all I say is it's a beastly disgrace. Look at all the years he's been in England, 
just as long as we have. Then the humour of the remark dawned upon him, and he laughed. I suppose he's out of work as usual, he added. Moses' ears pricked up the syllables out of work, which to him was a single word of baneful meaning. Yaw, he said in Yiddish, but if I only had a few pounds to start with, I could work up a splendid business. Wait, he shall have a business, said Benjamin, when Esther interpreted. Don't listen to him, said Esther. The Board of Guardians has started him again and again, but he likes to think he is a man of business. Meanwhile, Isaac had been busy explaining Benjamin to Sarah, and pointing out the remarkable confirmation of his own views as to birthdays. This will account for Esther's next remark being, Now, dears, no fighting to-day. We must celebrate Benji's return. We ought to kill a fatted calf like the man in the Bible." "'What are you talking about, Esther?' said Benjamin, suspiciously. "'I'm so sorry. Uh, nothing. Only foolishness,' said Esther. "'We really must do something to make a holiday of the occasion. Oh, I know. We'll have a tea before you go, instead of waiting till supper-time. Perhaps Rachel will be back from the park. You haven't seen her yet?' "'No, I, I can't stay,' said Benji. It'll take me three-quarters of an hour getting to the station, and you've got no fire to make tea with, either." "'Nonsense, Benji. You seem to have forgotten everything. We've got a loaf and a penneth of tea in the cupboard. Solomon, fetch a farthing's worth of boiling water from the widow Finkelstein.' At the words, Widow Finkelstein, the grandmother awoke and sat up. "'No, I'm too tired,' said Solomon. Isaac can go." "'No,' said Isaac. "'Let Esty go.' Esther took a jug and went to the door. "'Moshe,' said Grandmother, "'go thou to the widow Finkelstein.' "'But Esther can go,' said Moses. "'Yes, I'm going,' said Esther. "'Moshe,' repeated the booby inexorably. Go thou to the widow Finkelstein." Moses went. "'Have you said the Mincha, boys?' the old woman asked. "'Yes,' said Solomon, "'while you were asleep.' "'Ah, oh, ah!' Oh, said Esther under her teeth, and she looked reproachfully at Solomon. "'Well, didn't you say we must make a holiday to-day?' He whispered back. End of chapter seventeen.